listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Important, very important. I had somebody message me uh, today, and I'm not saying this in a condescending way, uh, but it is a thought process that people have. Somebody texted, because I texted you guys this morning that we're going to be discussing this. And somebody texts me back, not interested. Uh, only send me updates about what Jesus is doing, not about what the devil is doing, because the Bible doesn't tell us to learn what the devil is doing. The Bible teaches us to learn about what Jesus is doing. So that's kind of the response that I got uh, from that person. And um, of course, that is not true. Of course, we don't, we're not planning our lives around the devil. Obviously, we're led by the spirit. We're led by the word of God, the spirit of God. But uh, in no way do you, you, should you ever think that we're not supposed to understand the tactics of the enemy. That, that's not anywhere in the Bible. In fact, in uh, what is it? First Corinthians chapter two uh, and verse 11, or is it second Corinthians? Let me see if I have it in my, well, I'll just turn there. The Bible says that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Is that not what the Bible says? Uh, yes, it's second Corinthians chapter two. So in second Corinthians chapter two, let me read it to you. It, the Bible says in second Corinthians chapter two, uh, that we are not outwitted by Satan. We're not ignorant of his designs, right? So, uh, so that we're not outwitted as the ESV puts it, we are not ignorant of his designs, his tactics, his plans, Second Corinthians chapter two and verse 11. So obviously we understand our enemy. We understand what he's trying to do, what he's trying to attempt uh, in our generation and every generation. And we're not outwitted by Satan. We are uh, harmless as doves, but we are wise as serpents. Jesus commanded us to be harmless as doves, but as wise as serpents. So I'm not just blindly going through life saying, well, I don't know how the devil plans to move. I know what his tactics are. In fact, what would be the point of the Bible giving us all that narrative of how the devil worked in the Bible and how demons function in the Bible and how wicked things function in the Bible? If the Bible, the Holy Spirit himself was not trying to show us by narrative what the enemy tries to do and how he works and how he operates. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, uh, sp- forces of wickedness, spiritual forces of wickedness, right? In high places. So we know that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So we know we're not wrestling against human individuals, but against a spirit. And so we're dealing with that. And, and so I, I, I said, I disagree with you. And I showed those, that scripture and, the, and gave those examples. By the way, what about, what about prophecy? What would be the point of prophecy in certain cases that 
the, the Lord was showing people what the enemy was planning. For example, uh, when uh, that evil king recognized that every time he tried to destroy Israel, he couldn't do it because God would show the prophet Elisha what was going to happen and he'd warn Israel. Well, was he warning Israel about what God was doing or about what the enemy was doing? What the enemy was doing. So what's the point of prophecy in certain situations if God is not trying to let you know about what the enemy's planning in the future? So uh, there's nothing wrong with understanding the tactics of the enemy because we're being prepared by the Holy Spirit to deal with the things that are going on in this world by faith and by the Holy Ghost. And by the way, just so that you know, um, this broadcast is in no way meant to provoke fear in your heart or anything like that. We're not moved by fear. We have nothing, and, and you'll see the way I present this. I'm not presenting this in a way that's gonna spark fear in your heart. I have no desire. We're people of faith. We're people that trust in God. I'm just showing you so that, you know, America is awake, so that people who are Christians, they are waking up to the fact that we're not just supposed to be coasting through life. Things are happening right now that are moving the prophetic timeline forward. You know, Bible prophecy has a track record that is unblemished and Bible prophecy is still, there's some of it still yet to be fulfilled. And we know that, but what you're going to see today, I'm going to show you some things. We need to be aware and we need to be ready. Another thing I'll deal with is, is wisdom moving forward and how one of the, one of the, the discussions that I want to have today, I would say a micro discussion within this whole thing is there are people who think that if you truly have faith, then you won't plan for anything. I mean, that literally I've talked to those people. I know that for a fact, if you truly have faith, you won't plan for an, anything negative in the future. That's what they think. They honestly think that we're going to deal with that today as well. So jumping in, I told you we're talking today about the Antichrist agenda, revealing the tactics of the Antichrist agenda moving forward. Well, what did we just come through? We just came through 2020 where we had all of those issues uh, that, were, that were out there. We had lockdown, we had racial issues, we had all kinds of issues, financial problems, all these things. Well, you know, they've tried to cover things up so many times and I'm going to do my best to do this broadcast in such a way that it doesn't get taken down from YouTube. Uh, but, um, I want you to see that we just came through a year and we're still in another year where things are happening where, uh, <laughs> really people tried to say, well, that none of that was planned. You know, there's still to this day, they try to make you feel like a, a fool. If you were to claim that anything that took place was planned ahead of time. And so I'm going to start by talking about this because it will help us to move into what we're talking about next. But it's interesting to me that we know that there are men and women who have an antichrist agenda. They're not fans of humanity. If you don't know this already, and I'm not going to spend the broadcast talking about this, but if you don't know this already, there are people, globalists who believe the earth is overpopulated that we need to take active steps to depopulate the earth. And they've, they've taken different methods of doing that. Uh, mass abortion, 
uh, sterilization so women can't have children. There's all kinds of things. They, they don't believe that we should have this many people on the earth. And there's a radical contingency of those types of people that will take uh, extreme measures to make that happen. It's demonic. But uh, if you don't believe that there are people like that that are in places of power, then uh, you're not awake to what's happening uh, around the world. And so because of that, certain things are taking place and you have to look at where these world leaders are meeting and what they're doing. One of the things I'll draw your attention to today, and by the way, all of the articles that I'm going to discuss in this uh, episode are going to be linked in the description in YouTube and in the podcast so that you can look them up and read them for yourselves. You won't just take my word for it. Go look at it for yourself and read it for yourself. I'm going to be playing some videos on this episode today. They're going to show you some things. But one of the things, if you're not familiar with uh, the World Economic Forum, uh, also known as Davos, this is a, a place where uh, people gather, leaders, world leaders gather to discuss what's going to happen in the future of the world. And um, many times they'll discuss things. Now, here's the thing that blew my mind. If you start looking, this, is, this stuff's not hidden, by the way. It's on their own website, which is what I'm going to be quoting to you from. This is on the World Economic Forum website. I'm not like digging this up from some like uh, conspiracy theorist who has a podcast in his mom's basement. If you go to the World Economic Forum website, which is weforum.org, which all these links I'll put up for you, you'll have them. But it's interesting to me that in 2019, and this stuff's not being hidden by any means. In 2019, I'm reading to you an article right now. It says live simulation exercise to prepare public and private leaders for pandemic response. Okay, hold on a second. We are running now a live simulation exercise to prepare public and private leaders for a pandemic response. When did this article get published? It says right here, the 15th of October, 2019. Okay, so before any outbreak ever took place, the World Economic Forum, the leaders of the world that are planning the future of the world, are running active exercises to plan for a global pandemic months before an outbreak occurred. Geneva, Switzerland. The Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security in partnership with the World Economic Forum and who? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation will host Event 201. That's the name of the event. It was called Event 201 a high-level simulation exercise for pandemic preparedness and response in New York, USA, on Friday, 18th, October of 2019. The exercise will bring together business, government, security, and public health leaders to address a hypothetical global pandemic scenario. It will also feature a live virtual experience to engage stakeholders and worldwide members. So listen, as I break this down, the, the world has seen a growing number of epidemics in recent years with about 200 events annually, including Ebola, Zika, MERS, SARS, all at the same time, or excuse me, at the same time, collective vulnerability to the social and economic impacts of infectious disease. Listen to this quote, same article. We are in a new era of epidemic risk 
where essential public-private cooperation remains challenged, or cooperation remains challenged, despite being necessary to mitigate risk and impact, said Arnaud uh, Bernard, head of Shaping the Future of Health and Healthcare World Economic Forum. Now's the time to scale up cooperation between national governments. Oh, we're going to bring the governments together. We're bringing the governments all together. You know, it would be really helpful, maybe a one world government. Anyway, uh, we're uniting 196 countries across the globe in a legal commitment to prevent and respond to acute public health risks. Uh, We live in an increasingly interconnected world. We must help all UN member states align with the international health regulations and be prepared to prevent, detect, and respond to acute outbreaks. Okay, so we've got, this is really interesting, we've got this taking place, Johns Hopkins, World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 2019, October 2019. Oh, just uh, coincidentally predicting a global pandemic that actually happened months later. What in the world is going on? That actually happened. This is called Event 201, uh, which this is, again, from their website. I'm reading their post, their words of all the things that they're saying. Now, one of the interesting thoughts about all this is that they did this uh, because it was a, a new, and by the way, by the way, they predicted it would be a new type of corona. So they called it NCOR-19, I believe was what, the way they addressed it, NCOR-19. Um, so, you know, it's funny to me, now I'm going through and reading, USA Today, now this is how, this is so funny because people believe this stuff, right? Uh, and I'm gonna play a video for you in a moment where I'll show you this stuff, but um, people actually believe. So all they gotta do is, now this stuff's happening, you know, this is presented publicly. Uh, Of course, they meet behind closed doors, but it's presented publicly, but all it takes is one little article, right? All it takes is one little article from a quote unquote credible source for people like, oh yeah, yeah, that that was just a coincidence. So we've got USA Today now, which I'll put this link to this article as well. USA Today uh, posts an article. Um, This cracks me up. And the article is called Fact Check. A Bill Gates-backed pandemic simulation in October did not predict, you know, I'm trying to get this not taken down, but you know what I'm talking about. So all they're doing is, we're going to address this claim that Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum predicted this pandemic. Okay, and all they do is say, well, yes, of course, they did have event 201 and they were uh, predicting a global pandemic. And this is what this is. This is how the fact checkers dealt with this. Well, yes, they did say there was an imminent threat of a global pandemic. Yes, they did a live simulation called event 201. And yes, all these things took place before the pandemic broke out. That doesn't mean they predicted it. That's what they're, that's what they're saying. And they're saying, because, you know, originally they predicted 65 million people would die. But, you know, that that didn't happen. (laughs) So we're supposed to believe that this was not known about because the number of people that they predicted would die, we didn't reach that number. 
So, of course, this isn't the same thing. Of course not. Of course, this isn't the same thing. And so there are, there are things like this where you start to scratch your head and think to yourself, what in the world is going on? Because here's the deal. It's not like every other year. I want you to think about this. It's not like every other year we have a global lockdown and a global pandemic is like, well, you know, it happens all the time. You know, it's just a coincidence. It doesn't happen all the time. The last one that we really saw was what? The Spanish flu? What was that in 1913 or something? So it's not like it's happening every other year. Like, well, this was just, you know, a coincidence, you know, that they predicted this and ran active exercises months, months before it actually happened. Months before it actually happened. So we know that these things are taking place. Now, the World Economic Economic Forum uh, is a very interesting organization, to say the least. But uh, they've got plans. They've got plans for the future. If you don't know that, they have plans for the future. Now, again, I'm not doing this broadcast to strike fear in anybody's heart. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so obviously this shouldn't cause any of us to go into a spirit of fear. This, our faith defines our future. We're not part of this world system. God takes care of his faithful people. I'm not on this uh, broadcast today trying to strike fear in your hearts. I want to deal with what's happening, what's planned to probably happen, and then what we do to deal with it. How we address it as spirit-filled, faith-filled Christians. That's how we deal with things. So the same group, the World Economic Forum, they've got plans They've got plans for the future. You're like, what kind of plans do they have? I'm going to tell you. One of the things that maybe you've heard about under this globalist agenda, which is really an anti-Christ agenda, it's an anti-Christ agenda, um, is something that you may have heard of before I get to the thing that I'm going to deal with, is uh, Agenda 2030. Throw a hand up in the comments if you've heard of Agenda 2030. Maybe you've never heard of it and you don't know what I'm talking about with Agenda 2030, but it is something that was produced by the World Economic Forum talking about predictions for what what the world may look like in the year 2030. And uh, of course, they've got some plans about what we need to do to prepare ourselves for the future. And, uh, And so Agenda 2030 is one of their predictions of uh, the way they'd like the world to go. And I mean, we're not talking about, you know, the year 3000. We're talking about, you know, basically eight years from now, eight years from now. And uh, they they produced a video that ended up going viral. They kind of took it down, if you will. But once something goes onto the internet, it's on the internet. And, you know, it's, it's able to be found. People screenshot it, people uh, screen record it, people shared it other places or whatever. Uh, and so we, we have a copy of that video that really you won't be able to necessarily find from them anymore. But so many people ran it and shared it and screen recorded it. It's out there and it's out there for sure, for good. And so I want you to take a look at this. That's the first one I gave you, right? Is the 2030? Wasn't that the first one I gave you? 
Yeah. So I want to roll this, this video for you. Now, this is the same uh, group that I just, that just, you know, quote unquote, predicted a global pandemic. And they've got these plans for the future. Uh, but I wanted you to see this because I want you to stop and think about some of these things they're saying. Eight predictions. They're making eight predictions for what life will look like in 2030 for the world, for, for the globe especially in Western countries like America, Canada, and in the UK, uh, eight predictions for what uh, 2030 will look like, and then we'll discuss them. Take a look. So let's talk about a couple of those things. I mean, like very interesting video for them to produce, in my opinion, Uh, like very interesting. So let me, let me deal with a few of those things. This is the antichrist agenda. Uh, First of all, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Uh, everything you have will be rented. Now, I want, you, I want you to think about that for a minute. You'll own nothing. Think about that phrase. You will own nothing and be happy about it. Everything will be rented that you, that you get. Everything. Where you live, you know, what you, what you have, all those things. You'll be rented. You won't own it. So who owns it? That's the question you have to ask yourself. If you don't own it, who owns it? Does the government own it? You know, these are the questions that like, you know, it's produced in a nice little video and you're like, wow, wouldn't that be great? Who owns it then? You know, ownership is an important thing. You know, it's like they don't want things to be in possession of the population. Go further than that. Not just, uh, not just will you not own anything. Another interesting, uh, another interesting thing there. Uh, You'll not eat meat like you did before. You'll eat what we tell you to eat. <laughs> it's like, hold on. So first I don't own anything. And then I can't even make free decisions about what I'll eat. You won't eat meat as much as you did. It'll be a, a treat every once in a while, but not a staple of your diet. So what? You'll eat, you'll eat what we tell you to eat. Number three, this was an interesting one to me. That uh, there will be a tax on polluters. Now, now I'm going to break down what some of these things mean, mean for us. There'll be a tax on polluters. Um, there was a recent bill that was trying to go through to where you'd have to start paying extra fees for every mile you drove. Some of you have heard about this already in the United States, every mile you drove in a gas powered car. Did you, did anybody know about that? Throw your hand up. It was part of a package deal that you have to, you're going to have to start. I don't think it went through, but you know, remember that same thing that went through about the IRS making banks, uh, submit how much money you have rolling over every month. If you have more than $600 in your account. So, uh, every mile that you drive an extra, an extra tax, if you have a gas powered car, gas powered car. And so what does that mean? Polluters. That's, that's a pretty vague term. There'll be a a cost for polluters. Well, they would call anybody that drives a gas powered vehicle, a polluter because it's so bad. It's so bad for the ozone. It's so bad for the environment, all these things, you know, Ford has already announced that they're by, I think it's by 2024. And Zach, if you're on, you can correct me on this, uh, by 2024, uh, Ford is, uh, planning to have no gas powered vehicles in their whole lineup. Everything is electric. You know, they've already released the electric F-150 and they want all electric vehicles like Tesla style. Well, uh, one of the things that's very interesting about that, 
is, you know, it's like with OnStar, right? I have a vehicle with OnStar. If that vehicle, so it's connected, it's connected to the, to the grid. Now this, this stuff, sh- yeah, there you go. Shooting for eliminating gas by 2025. So think about this now. I have a vehicle that is connected to the grid via OnStar. Now I don't have a fully uh, electric vehicle like a Tesla that can drive me around, but I want you to, I want you to think about this. If my car is stolen, first of all, they already know where my car is at all times. That's one thing I want you to understand about these vehicles, the way that the world is moving, everything's connected to the grid. Of course, your phone is, a lot of things are, so they can, they can locate you pretty quickly, but your car's locate is connected to the, to the grid. My, my OnStar, does anybody have OnStar? You know, throw, throw a hand up in the comments. If you've got something like OnStar, <clears throat> they know where my vehicle is at all times. But not only that, if my vehicle is stolen from me, did you know that, for example, if I, let me, before I go there, if I get in an, an accident and it's like a, a bad one where my engine's on fire and my, like whatever, my engine could catch on fire. Did you know that OnStar has the ability to remotely stop your engine, turn your engine off? Did you know that? And it's for safety. If people get in a wreck and the engine has, uh, you know, the, uh, the possibility of catching on fire, it's de- we can tr- turn the engine off remotely. Okay, so they know where my vehicle is at all times. They can unlock your doors or lock your doors remotely. We, we had that happen just recently where the keys got locked in and Carolyn was able to call and they were able to remotely unlock the doors for her. Um, <clears throat> so that means that they know where you are. They can lock and unlock your doors. They can turn your engine off remotely. So when you have all of these cars that are off, you know, g- gas is no longer right? Everything's electronic and everything is connected to the grid. Everything's controllable. Everything's trackable. It's all under that control. This is, this isn't conspiracy theory stuff. I mean, this is, this is real stuff. It's, it's for the purpose of if my car is stolen, we can locate it immediately. We know where it is. So what's to stop anybody? You know, it's like people are funny because they give people in power the benefit of the doubt. When you know that the old adage is absolutely true, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. So what's to stop these police state things from happening? You know, what what were they doing to push people off of gas and onto electric vehicles? Extra money being taxed. For every mile you drive in a car that's, you're a polluter, you're a polluter. And so you have these different things. It's, um beyond that. So now we know we won't own anything. We'll rent everything. We won't eat what we want. We'll eat what they say. Uh, we'll be taxed if we are polluters and they want to push everybody to, uh, electric vehicles that are obviously much more easily controlled and tracked and everything else than, than any other vehicle. And then look at the other thing they said, they said, uh, we'll be, we, we must do a much better job at accepting refugees and immigrants. You know what that means? It's open borders is what they mean. Obviously it's open borders. And when you have open borders like that, where there's no checks, no balances, you don't even have a nation anymore. You don't even have, uh, an independent nation. The moment you have open borders. So what, what is this push toward a, 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 a global environment? We don't have borders like that. We're open to refugees. We're open to immigrants like we never have been. We need to do a much better job of opening up all of our borders. That's what they're saying. 
And that's exactly what's going on. Go on further than that. Did you catch that last phrase? Western values will be tested to their breaking point. What does that even mean? Western values. What, like Christianity? (laughs) Western values, like what? Like democracy? It's interesting that they put that thing about democracy right after they said Western values have to be tested to their breaking point. To their breaking point. So what? Communism is what we need? Socialism is what we need? Western values will be tested to their breaking point. What does that mean? See, because the, the more power a, a community of people have, the less power the government over them has. It's not what they want. It's not what they want. And so the more you have de- people that are dependent upon, see, the, the less autonomous you are, the less autonomous you are, the more dependent you are. It's a scale. Are we autonomous or are we dependent? Do we have autonomy? Can we do everything on our own? Can we, can we truly be independent or are we going to be dependent? And one of the things that you'll see, I'll play this for you. What's the next video I gave you, Candace? I'll play that in a minute. Uh, uh, I'm going to play a video for you in a minute from Candace Owen, uh, Owens that's uh, really eye-opening. And if you don't know who she is, very smart woman. You need to follow her. Uh, she does political commentary. She's now part of the Daily. She joined the Daily Wire, right? She moved to Nashville to join the Daily Wire. And uh, she's very intelligent, great writer, great commentary. Um, but she makes some she makes some interesting, based on the stuff from the World Economic Forum, she makes some interesting comments about the predictions they've made. Uh, which we will talk about in just a second. But it's interesting that all this is, uh, it's shaping up control, global control. If you don't own anything, then you've got nowhere to go, right? I can retire to my own property because I own it, right? I own my own. If you own your own land, if you own your own farm, you can own it, stay on it. It's yours. You can protect it and you have the right to protect it. But what if you don't own it? What if you don't own it? What if you can't? See, here's the problem. You look at, education, the last three decades or more of people being educated in this country are not being educated about anything but foolishness. We can't take care of ourselves anymore. We can't, we don't, people can't grow their own food. They, they don't understand anything. People, they de- were so dependent. And the problem is I've always heard people say like, I can't imagine the world running to get that mark of the beast. Why would anybody get that mark of the beast? Did you ever think to yourself, that maybe the reason people are so willing to get it is because of how dependent on the government they actually are. What if they told you today, like they're they're already starting to do this, use these methods with these passports. But what if it was further down the road and it was the mark? And you're like, you know, you go to Canada right now, let me just tell you something if you're in Canada. By the time this month comes to an end, this month, November, of 2021, if you're watching this later, you can't even ride on a train without a passport, a medical passport. You can't get on a plane. You can't leave the country. You can't do anything without a medical passport. Think about that. You can't get on a train, not a plane, a train. How long do you think it'll be if they allow, if they're allowed to go that direction before you won't be able to cross borders in your car? 
without a medical passport. You won't be able to go to the grocery store without a medical passport. I mean, what do you think is going to happen when people who have absolute, absolute power that corrupts absolutely, it's a form of full control, obviously. What are you going to do after the rapture when the Antichrist system is fully taken over and they say, yeah, none of that. You can't have any more Medicare, Medicaid. You can't have any more insurance. You can't have any more purchase power, all these things, unless you get this mark passport, whatever they call it, whatever they're going to call it. You see what I mean? So think, I want you to think about this. All of these movements are movements toward control. That's what they are. Movements away from autonomy and remote movements toward control. I want you to see this Candace Owen video real quick, and then we'll, we'll uh, look at a couple more articles and talk about this, and then talk about where we are. Let's roll the Candace video. What's up, Instagram? I know that's a super weird question for me to ask the title of this, but it's a serious question. It's one that you should consider, which is what would you do if they brought the power grid down? And by they, I mean if the government purposefully brought the power grid down. And I'm not asking that question for fun. I'm asking that question because the World Economic Forum um, is predicting that a cyber pandemic, you can look this up, been running exercises about it this year, um, is inevitable. You're probably saying, what is a cyber pandemic? It doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, what are, what are we even talking about? Well, first of all, the reason I'm even paying attention to the World Economic Forum and their exercises is because they notoriously, in 2019, ran an exercise for a coronavirus pandemic that oddly all became true. I mean, without one slight difference, they said that uh, the coronavirus was going to escape from a wet market in South America. Of course, when the coronavirus uh, swept the nation, uh, swept the world in 2020, they said that it escaped from a wet market in China. You can still look that up, by the way. That's not a conspiracy theory. Um, that uh, they simulated that coronavirus pandemic. It was the World Economic Forum in collaboration with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in collaboration with John Hopkins University. And um, the website is still up and they say, you know, a, a coronavirus pandemic is inevitable. And then boom, it happened the very next year. So uh, people say it's a conspiracy theory to believe that they knew that the coronavirus pandemic was going to happen. You don't have to believe it was a conspiracy theory or you can believe it wasn't a conspiracy theory. It's up to you. I don't really care. The point is, is that they made the prediction, they called it inevitable, and then it happened immediately. So for me personally, that signals to me that I should probably pay attention the next time the World Economic Forum makes a prediction and calls it inevitable. And lo and behold, they are predicting that a coronavirus pandemic, uh, a cyber pandemic, pardon, is going to happen and that it is once again inevitable. So if you look into the exercise that they have run this year, I believe they run it in July. Um, they've been meeting and talking about the cyber pandemic, what it would look like. Essentially, uh, their idea is that they're going to have to sanitize the internet uh, because a bug, think of this as like a coronavirus for your computer, um, is going to sweep globally, and the only way they're going to be able to stop this bug from infecting everything is to effectively shut down the internet, right? And they were talking about bringing down the power grid in an effort to do this. So imagine the government 
bringing down the power grid and you would not have access to anything um, that required an electrical charge. This, If this sounds crazy dystopian and like a nightmare to you, um, first off, first and foremost, this happens in other countries, right? Obviously in Cuba, when the government needs to stop people from communicating, they just bring down the power grid, right? Um, when the uprisings were happening in Cuba, I believe that was earlier this year, coronavirus time feels like, I don't know if it was the end of last year or early this year, they just brought down the entire electrical grid. Um, but of course, Western nations would never do something like that. If they do it, it's because they need to do it, not because they're becoming evil communist dictators, but because they would need to do it for our benefit. They were talking about the government breaking down, bringing down the power grid. And until they come up with a vaccine, I'm not kidding, this is their words, not, not mine, a vaccine of sorts for the internet, where they would be able to cleanse it and purge it of all of these things that are making it vulnerable. Among those things, they brought up Bitcoin, which is so funny, that one thing that the government can't get a handle on um, that is representing a threat to them and, and the financial markets, their control of the financial markets would be Bitcoin. And suddenly in running the simulation, they realized that Bitcoin you know, could potentially be a problem. If you think I'm kidding, you can look this up. It is called a cyber pandemic. And it's something that every single person should be paying attention to just in case they magically get it right again, like they did about the coronavirus pandemic. It's good for us as citizens to pay attention to that and to do what we can to prepare. And so I've been having all these discussions with my husband seriously, like, you know, like, what if they actually did this? Like, what would we do? And it's made me realize that we're very weak generation of people. When I'm talking about weak, I'm talking about millennials, I'm talking about, you know, perhaps even the baby boomers of how little we actually learned about survival. And we so often talk about how the governments are right now teaching kids nothing, right? These kids are learning about race and they're learning about, you know, por pornographic material in school as we're, as we're discovering a day by day. They're learning about how to be woke and we're like, these kids are so dumb because they're not learning math, they're not learning engineering and they're not going to be able to do anything in life because they're not learning any hard academics, any hard skills. And I've talked about that so much until I started talking about this potential cyber pandemic and I realized actually my generation was also dumbed down because you can read all the books in the world, every book in the entire universe, right? But if you don't actually know how to grow your own food, if you don't actually know how to survive off of your own land, how smart are you? So is that interesting to you? Um, that's Candace Owens so, talking about, <clears throat> and by the way, if you don't follow her, you should follow her, talking about what is predicted next. What is next from the World Economic Forum? They're saying now that we've had that pandemic, now we're looking at a cyber pandemic. We're looking at a cyber pandemic. Uh, and what she's talking about, they ran the exercises for this in July of this year, July of 2021. Um, she just posted that video like a couple of days ago, I think. Uh, and we, and we, I saw it and we put it up today. So um, it's really interesting to me. Now, this is not, again, this is not... Uh, Conspiracy theory, this is something that they, the World Economic Forum, is publicly letting us know that they're worried about, they're running exercises about. Um, and so we have the video from the World Economic Forum uh, talking about this exact thing uh, that we'll play for you now. Let's, let's actually run the video from the World Economic Forum. The COVID-19 pandemic has shaken our economies and societies to the core and shown us how vulnerable we are to biological threats. In the digital world, similar risks are being overlooked right now. 
a cyber attack with COVID-like characteristics would spread faster and further than any biological virus. Its reproductive rate would be around 10 times greater than what we've experienced with the coronavirus. To give you an idea, one of the fastest worms in history, the 2003 slammer Sapphire Worm, doubled in size approximately every 8.5 seconds, infecting over 75,000 devices in 10 minutes and almost 11 million devices in 24 hours. Fortunately, at least until now, cyber attacks have not impacted our health the way pandemics have, but the economic damages, and therefore the impact they have had on our daily lives, have been equal and sometimes even greater. You see, the only way to stop the exponential propagation of a COVID-like cyber threat is to fully disconnect the millions of vulnerable devices from one another and from the internet. All of this in a matter of days. A single day without the internet would cost our economies more than 50 billion US dollars, and that's before considering the economic and societal damages should these devices be linked to essential services, such as transport or healthcare. As the digital realm increasingly merges with our physical world, the ripple effects of cyber attacks on our safety just keep on expanding at a faster pace than what we're preparing for. COVID-19 was known as an anticipated risk. So is the digital equivalent. Let's be better prepared for that one. The time is now. How interested how interesting is it that they said at the end of that uh that the the last pandemic was uh was a risk that was expected if you will i mean like <laughs> yeah because they predicted it <laughs> and it's like this is the reason stuff like this right here is why she's saying i'm keeping my ear to the ground because of the fact uh if they're just magically right about this next one, I want to be ready. We want to be prepared for it. Uh, this is obviously something that they are taking very seriously, that they're running. They were in July, they ran exercises for it and all of that stuff. Um, it, by the way, uh, the, the term that you just saw, cyber polygon, uh, was the, um, the perspective that the World Economic Forum took. It's what they're calling it as they're discussing this moving forward. Um, I want you to see this though. I got a, uh, an article here after that event took place and I'll read it to you. Again, these article uh, links will all be in the description of YouTube and the podcast, but uh, it says this cyber polygon 2021 concludes with discussions, paving a path towards a greater centralization of power and surveillance that furthers the great reset agenda of the global economy and all societal structures. The World Economic Forum and Partners Annual Cyber Polygon Training Exercise concluded on July the 9th of this year um, with several key trends emerging that are likely to shape global policymaking for years to come. What are they? What trends are these? Well, number one, a desire to immunize the Internet. (laughs) I want you to think about that immunize the internet, uh, and then a demonization of cryptocurrencies. We'll talk about why in a minute. Um, and a closer merger of corporation and state as the, as the government and corporations come together to work together toward this. Um, and so what does this mean moving forward? Well, number one, what does it mean, um, to immunize the internet? Like in all, in all reality, uh, Klaus Schwab, who actually 
is, is more or less the chairman of this organization, World Economic Forum. He said in his opening remarks, and I watched the video today uh, of when it took place, he, he used, and she was saying, this is their words, not mine, when she was talking about a vaccine for the internet. He was talking about that. He was the one in his, I guess you would call it a keynote of the event or his, his opening remarks. He's the one who said that in the same way, masks were not enough for the pandemic, the previous pandemic. This is what he said. Masks were not enough for that pandemic. We had to move to vaccines in the same way our current security for our internet systems is not enough. We need to create a vaccine, if you will, for the digital systems. And what he's talking about is creating large scale IT structures. This is what he said in the video, large scale IT structures that will allow us to vaccinate, if you will, the internet and digital systems. And digital systems. And so um, you say, well, I don't know f- fully what that means. What does that mean, uh, you know, to me in a roundabout way? How would it affect daily life? How would it affect us? Well, I'll play this other video. I have one more video for you before we talk about it. Uh, it's a video aired on, um, I believe it was ABC. After, uh, after the World Economic Forum held their event. And by the way, I think this one was called Event 202. The, the previous exercises for the pandemic or 202 or 203, one, one of the, uh, one of the two, um, they're just, they're just numbering them as they do them. But this was the cyber attack exercises, but what would it mean to you and me, you know, just daily living, daily life? Um, we have this video from, uh, ABC to show you, throw it up. A worldwide drill got underway today with the goal of better preparing for the new world of major cyber attacks. Hackers these days are getting bolder and could target the systems that we rely on every single day. Senior investigator Kendra Nichols reports tonight. Cyber Polygon is an annual event hosted by the World Economic Forum. Think of it as a worldwide training exercise on how to deal with cyber Attacks. It is inevitable that some larger attack is going to occur one day. Security experts like John Sansonito are watching what happens. What's being talked about uh, today and over the next couple of days is a potential real-world situation which we could be facing at another six months and another year or even tomorrow. This year, 200 teams from 48 countries registered for the training. Companies like IBM, Santander, and Ernst & Young are on the list. The focus of the live drill this year, a targeted supply chain attack on a corporation. Something that if it happened in real life would affect all of us by shutting down things like water treatment facilities, the power grid, or even the internet itself. What would you do if you couldn't access your bank accounts, if you couldn't access the internet, if your cell phone suddenly stopped working? These are the kind of things that people really do need to think through because one day may may be facing a crisis like that. The bad guys are never stopping. Centric Bank, like all banks, is constantly fighting potential cyber attacks. Over the course of a quarter, uh, it's in excess of a million. And they can pinpoint where the attempted attacks are coming from. Russia is, is number one, uh, followed by the Netherlands, and then uh, you know can, goes down the scale. But by far, uh, Russia surpasses all the others combined. Uh, there's a silent war going on, and it, it's truly what it is, you know, to you know, you know keep the the bad guys, you know, at bay and keep, you know, all the information safe. 
The Cyber Polygon event goes on for several days. They will also be talking ransomware, which experts say leads to most of the cyber attacks that we've been seeing these days, which is why they warn us now more than ever not to click on any of those suspicious links or attachments. With the ABC 27 investigators, I'm Ken. So you can clearly see, um, I mean, they mentioned three things in that video that would directly affect you know, anybody in society, right? So like water purification uh, systems. Um, so water would be in, in tight uh, supply. Is that what they're trying to say? You know, the, whatever's going on with these grid shutdowns, you know, water would be in tight supply. The World Wide Web, which I have uh, here, which I'll read you this article in a moment. Uh, they said for every day that the internet was shut down. Like if they did do this thing where they're trying to like immunize the internet, so they have to shut it down in order to, to debug it, if you will. This article, and I believe it's this one from NASDAQ. Now, this is not, again, these are not like some small, it's, this is NASDAQ, you know. This is the NASDAQ website. So they're not just like throwing out, um, you know, wild allegations. But they are saying that if the internet was shut down globally for this purpose, it would cost the economies of the world daily over $50 billion, $50 billion a day for them to shut it down, which would be, would be crippling to some people, um, obviously. So listen to this now. Dis discussions uh, coming out of Cyber Polygon concluded with the desire to immunize the internet, demonize cryptocurrencies, and prop up centralized systems. Um, Immunizing the internet, what an interesting thought. Because notice this, one of the problems that we have is what, why would anybody, why would anybody want to control the internet? Well, what's going on right now? I'm communicating with you freely without any barrier, right? You and I are having this active, uh, you can comment, I can see your comments, I can talk to you, and we can put out information that is not controlled in any way right? Which is what we're dealing with now. I mean, we, they, they shut churches down and people were dumb enough to say, well, you just need to go online for a little while. You know, they're just asking you to do your services online. Yes. But the problem is, is that when it is controlled by corporations, they get to say what they do and don't permit on their platforms. And so what did we have? We had churches, we had ministries that were being taken off of platforms, completely taken off of platforms. Why? Because they're not yours. They're owned by somebody else. And so again, the, it, as she put, and I thought this was a great thought, you know, in third world countries, you know, you can just, you're, you're, you're a dictator. You can take the grid down because that's, you know, that's what you do in a third world country. And she made the point, well, you can't do that in first world countries without convincing the people, this is for your, this is in your best interest. We're helping you, we're protecting you. And which is obviously what they're going to do because there's some sort of a, a COVID style bug for the internet that we need to have a vaccine for the internet. And so ransomware, uh, and of course they're, of course they're gonna demonize cryptocurrencies because there's not a, a centralized control of cryptocurrencies like there are of other currencies. Of course they're, they're going to demonize them. You know, 
uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and XRP and all these other all these other ones. There's hundreds of cryptocurrencies. Well, of course, why? Decentralization of currency. You know, they can't see what you're buying. They can't see what you have. They can't see what you're doing with it. You know, all those different things, unless you report it to them. You know, the, and if you don't know how cryptocurrency works, that's not the point of this uh, broadcast. But, you know, look it up for yourself, how cryptocurrency works on the blockchain, how everything's encrypted so that you can't even see what's going on on the blockchain. You can't see it. Well, of course, they're going to demonize that because nobody can control how you spend your money and where you spend your money or they can't see where you spend your money. And so, of course, they're going to demonize these things. Of course, they want corporations and governments to more closely work together. Of course, they do. Do you know how, what, what does that look like? What does it mean that corporations and governments work together? Can you imagine? I mean, I'm sure this isn't happening, but let's look at the big dogs. Google, Amazon, Apple, Facebook. Let's just say those four big ones. Google, Amazon, Apple, Facebook. Do you realize how much information that those four corporations have about you right now, about your whole life, right this very moment? They're not going to have it. They have it and have had it for a long, long time. So when they say, well, we want governments to work together with corporations, well, of course we do. Why? Because the governments know that these corporations have far more information on their citizens than the government does. Of course, the government needs Google. You know, people think Amazon, let me just tell you something interesting. I read in, um, I read this in, uh, the book entitled, um, permanent record by Edward Snowden. And if you don't know who Edward Snowden is, again, I don't have the time, but you just Google him and you'll find out who he is. WikiLeaks. If you've heard of WikiLeaks, go check him out. He worked for the CIA, worked for the FBI, uh, tech, tech guy, very intelligent, lives in another country now, but he's forced to. But, uh, one of the things that he points out is that there are corporations like Amazon. People think Amazon is like, oh, well, that's where I buy my stuff. It's more than that because we're, Amazon is truly making their money is on these massive data servers. That's where they're really making their money. Massive government data servers where they're housing all of this data and selling that, uh, th that server space and running all of that behind the scenes. And he, he shows that in the book that where the real money is, is data and housing data. And, uh, that's where Amazon is huge. That's in big business. Uh, that's where they're in big business for amazon.com. So um, the real value is information. Of course, we want governments to work together with corporations. They've got all the information on the citizens of the country. You know, it's, if you think that that's crazy, did you see, if, did you not see in these other countries, they've put it on the, on the uh, news where because of social media, you have officers showing up at your house and saying, Hey, we have a post right here from social media where you didn't have a mask on or where you were in a crowd of people or you weren't in your house or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, that's public information. What if you had everything else? You know, they're actually using your own social media to know what you're doing and to, uh, and to enforce their uh, laws against you. So, of course, these are the agendas. Demonize cryptocurrency. Why? Because it stops them from knowing what you're spending money on. 
What else? Make the corporations and governments come together in a more tight-knit way so that we can know what's going on, of course. And then, and then obviously, immunize the internet. It blows my mind, especially knowing the agenda that's going on, it blows my mind that being able to do things like this is still available. And it really blows my mind even further that it's still available for free. Like, knowing what we know about what's going on in the world, the ability to speak freely on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever else, Twitch, whatever else you're going to use, the, the fact that that's still available to me is unbelievable. When they need so badly to control the information that's out there, need so badly to control the information. That's why I think these things happening are for them necessary. For them, it's necessary. They don't have it. It's not like it's scheduled. We're like, hey, on this day, we're going to shut down the power grid. They're saying this is what they predicted will happen. And she's saying that we need to be ready. Uh, A lot of people are saying we need to be ready. Uh, NASDAQ, this is the title of their article. Uh, Tired of COVID lockdowns? Well, a cyber pandemic seems to be next. This was published October 5th, just about a month ago by NASDAQ. And what they put in this article on their website Tired of being beaten down by the lockdowns and vitriol and confusion that's accompanied them? Well, get ready uh, for cyber pandemic lockdowns, if, if you will. Most of you are probably aware Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp experienced global disruptions today. This was October the 9th. Uh, that made the services completely inaccessible. So inaccessible that Facebook employees couldn't even get into the company headquarters as their badges weren't working. Think about this. These disruptions can be added to a list of disruptions that started with the oft-reported ransomware attacks targeting critical infrastructure earlier in the year. Now, I want you to think about this. There were people who, and I'll read this down in NASDAQ, this isn't directly related to the cyber pandemic, but it's something you need, need to be aware of, this is their words, just a few days ago, Coinbase made the world aware. Now, Coinbase, if you don't know what Coinbase is, it's a platform with which you can purchase cryptocurrency. Coinbase made the world aware that 6,000 of its users were SIM swapped and had their accounts drained earlier this year in a sophisticated phishing attack. Yet another reminder, you should eliminate the risks and come up with your storing your Bitcoins on a third-party custodian, taking full control of your private keys. So think about this. When everything's digital, anything can be deleted, shut down, drained, I mean, this was years ago. I'm talking about 10 years ago. I remember pulling up on my phone, my, my, uh, my bank app and looking at my checking account. And I remember being at the beach and looking at it and said, uh, account balance, negative $999,999, like basically negative 1 million. And I was like, what did Carolyn buy? I'm like thinking to myself, like I could, and then, and of course you have these attacks, these different uh, break-ins, digital break-ins. The point I'm making is, uh, these things are all being talked about by credible, credible people. And, you know, the question is, where are you, uh, in readiness in preparedness for these things is the real question. Now, let me get to this. This is the final portion I want to get to today. That's very important about the antichrist agenda. Again, this is not a broadcast to provoke fear in your heart or anything like that. We know what we're up against. We're prepared. Here's the deal. I I mentioned this at the beginning. There are people that I've talked to that supposedly Christians that, uh, they're like, Anything you do to prepare means you've got a lack of faith. That, I mean, that's what they would say. Anything you're doing. Well, what do you, there's people that really believe it's wrong. 
to have insurance because you're planning for disaster. Like Christians, that it's wrong for you to have insurance because you're planning for, you don't have faith if you're purchasing insurance. I mean, like that's, that's what they believe. You don't have faith if you have insurance. (laughs) You don't have faith if you have insurance. Well, first of all, anybody knows that in order to drive a car, obviously it's law that you have to have car insurance. But like, it's not, I'm not buying, you know, even if it wasn't, I'm not buying car insurance because I'm a bad driver. Although people would say that I am. I'm, I'm thinking about other people that suck at driving. You know what I mean? I'm not driving. I don't drink. So you'll never catch me drinking and driving. I don't get high. I don't have any substances that control me. So I'm never going to have an issue with my driving other than my own negligence. But what about somebody else? I was one time I was at uh, I-90. I was on I-95 at a complete stop in the middle of the night, driving back from a meeting with my whole family, dead stop in construction. And a dude comes rolling up behind me, probably at about 70 something miles an hour probably texting and driving, looked up at the last minute to just hit the brakes slightly within probably 20 yards of my vehicle and hit me. I was at a dead stop. He hit me at close to 60 miles an hour with my whole family in the car, totaled his vehicle. Luckily, I mean, I, uh, I had a big SUV that was barely, you know, I barely had any issues, but let me tell you something. Um, that wasn't my fault. That wasn't my fault. So other people, you know, you know what I mean? So it has nothing to do with my faith. You know, what do I do if that guy then, what if it was a situation where it was a hit and run? And he just leaves. If his car wasn't, he destroyed my car and then he, I can't find him. So, you know, it's, it's not, it's not my lack of faith. It's called wisdom. There's a difference between a lack of faith and wisdom. People say, well, if you have any stored up food, if you've got like one of those prep, prepper pantries, if you've got a go bag, if you've got a whatever, you've got a lack of faith that God won't take care of you. No, but God's also given me wisdom to be prepared for anything. Look at the Bible story of Joseph. What did Joseph do? There was going to be seven years of famine coming. So what was he inspired to do by the Lord? To prepare the nation How did he prepare the nation? He took the excess and he stored it. He stored it. And what happened? Because he was able to store it. He stored it and the nations were saved. People were saved. People didn't die because of the wisdom from the Lord to store it, to store it. Linnea makes a great point. The Shunammite woman was warned by the prophet to leave her home and land during the famine. And so what did she do? She went somewhere else and the Lord took care of her. And then when she came back, guess what happened? The king said, not only am I going to give you your land back, we're going to pay you for all the crops you would have grown if you stayed. God knows how to take care of you, but God can also speak to you and give you wisdom ahead of time, give you wisdom ahead of time to prepare yourself. It's not, a. I want to do to say this at the end too, before I pray for you, it's not a lack of faith to be prepared. It's not a lack of faith to look into the future and see what may be coming and use the wisdom and the leading of the Holy Spirit to prepare yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. I can't stand. Do you know that, that, um, there were old time Pentecostals 
who were teaching people that if you, if you had any interaction with a hospital or a doctor, it was a sin. It's a sin to go to the doctor. That's, and then they believed that and preached it from the pulpit, which is stupid. Find that in the Bible, if you will. Find that in the Bible. And that's, that's exactly what they would tell people. It's a, it's a sin to go to the doctor. It's a sin, you know, to have any, any interaction with the hospital as a Christian. And people are straight up, for example, when, when the woman with the issue of blood <clears throat> came to Jesus, the Bible says that she'd spent all she had on doctors and nurses and grew nothing better, but only grew worse. Jesus didn't even know she was there, but once he was made aware of her, even with his knowledge, and we, we know that Jesus operated in the word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Did Jesus rebuke her? Did Jesus rebuke her? for having visited doctors and nurses? No, he didn't. The only thing that gives me, uh, you know, it makes me sick to my stomach is when people talk about doctors and nurses and healthcare and then give God the glory like it was like it's a testimony. It's not a testimony. God, God heals by divine healing. And there's nothing wrong if you've gone to a doctor, if you've taken a medication, it's no condemnation to you. I'm just saying, don't give God the glory because a medication helped you. It's not God. It's the medication. So give God his glory, but don't try to give God glory because you know, praise God, the surgery went well. Okay. Was God doing the surgery? I'm not sure why we're giving him the glory for that. And there's nothing wrong. You would, I'm not condemning anybody, but the old time Pentecostals used to, and it put this mindset in people that, you know, anything you do like that is sin. It's wrong. It's a lack of faith. If you have insurance, it's a lack of faith and all this stuff. It's not a lack of faith to be prepared and use wisdom. It's not a lack of faith to use wisdom at all. And so I want to encourage you, you know, if that's something that was, and the reason I'm doing this kind of a broadcast, yes, God will take care of you, but you can't, you can't just coast through life. You know that there are wicked men and women that are trying to take actions. Well, what are we? Harmless as doves, but we're wise as serpents. We're wise as serpents. For example, it's not wise to be in debt. It's not wise to be in debt. You should do everything you can to be out of debt. You don't need to be dependent on anything or anybody. It's not wise to have credit card debt hanging over your head. And what have we been confessing the last two months? Wonders. I'm believing God that supernatural wonders will take place. Financial wonders, physical wonders, healings, deliverance, deliverance from addiction. Well, just like it's not wise to be in debt and wise to live beyond your means, it's also wise It's also not wise to not be able to, you know, like if you thought about it, right? Like I come from West Virginia. I saw a sister Sherry was on other people. I grew up in a culture of people who did a lot of, they, they did a lot of canning. You know, that's like a, that's like part of the culture where I came from in West Virginia. People do a lot of canning. They can things, can green beans. They have their own gardens. A lot of my, my friends, their, their families had their own gardens in their yard. They grew their own tomatoes and their own cucumbers and their own green beans and their own, le- all those things. And people canned things and people kept the things in their pantries and they had canned foods and things that they made. It's not wrong to use wisdom. You know, you think to yourself, and, and I'll tell you where people really got, it, got this recognition is last year when people started thinking like, man, 
you know, if I wasn't able to go to Walmart or, or whatever, Food Lion or Publix or whatever, H-E-B, if I wasn't able to go there today, you know, how would my family eat? You know, and, and yes, do we believe God will take care of us? Absolutely. But do you think just because we believe God will take care of us, we shouldn't use wisdom? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense, especially when you have Bible stories that show that God lets you know ahead of time. Look at, look at, um, Proverbs chapter six. Let me read this to you before we pray. Proverbs chapter six. Uh, and the Bible says in verse six, and I'll read from there, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise without having any chief ruler or officer. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you there lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Notice, nobody has to be on the ant always telling them, listen, winter's coming. Winter, you better get your stuff ready. You better get it. Nobody has to warn the ant, the Bible's saying. And this is a, a, a passage about diligence, but also notice this. They know and recognize what's coming and they make themselves do the work and prepare themselves for what's coming. And it says, consider the ant, consider how it works, consider how it gets itself ready for what's coming. There's no lack of faith in that. There's no lack of faith in using wisdom. There's no lack of faith in providing for your family. Here's the thing. If people actually did believe that, anything, then, then a savings account would be a lack of faith, right? Because why do you need to save anything? <laughs> if you're going to see, here's what people need to do. If you're going to have that mindset, you need to take it out to the nth degree, the nth degree, right? Okay. If you don't believe in preparing for the future, if you don't, if you don't believe in any of these things, insurance, if you don't believe in all that, whatever you might talk about, then anything that says, well, God can't take care of me. Why would I do that? Then don't have a savings account. Don't have a retirement account then. Just believe that when you retire, God's going to take care of you. So go, you're, you're planning. Yes, I'm planning for the future. It's not in fear. I'm not planning in fear. I don't have savings accounts because I'm afraid. I don't have cash in the house saved because I'm afraid. It's called wisdom. It's called wisdom. And so, you know, you may want to do something. You ask yourself the question after today's broadcast, you know, what would I do? That was an interesting question she posed, knowing what, no, knowing what we know. Uh, interesting question. What would you do if there was no internet? What would you do if the power grid actually went down? What if you couldn't go to Walmart or Costco or Sam's Club? What if you couldn't go buy food? Would your family even be able to eat? Because it's not wrong to have a pantry. Like I said, I grew up and everybody had a pantry. Everybody was canning food. Everybody had stuff that you would just go, you could either go down into your basement or wherever you keep it, and there it is. Nothing wrong with that. Well, one of the things we need to know, and here's where I want to get this into your spirit before we pray. We don't have to be afraid. See, this is the difference between how we deal with things and how the world deals with things. We know what the devil's planning. We know the devil's devices. Obviously, all the things I showed you today are all moving on the path toward control, which is Bible prophecy, Bible prophecy, that there will be at some point a global control, a globe, not just a global control, global religion. There will be a global uh, economy where you won't be able to buy or sell without whatever it is that they're going to 
put together and develop that's going to identify who you are. That was another thing that I read that I don't have time to talk about, but it was talking about as they immunize the internet, we need to have positive identification procedures for individuals on the internet. (laughs) So that anytime you're, it's like, it's like almost like I'm gonna track you through cyberspace. Like I'm Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I'm gonna track Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. no matter what he does, where he is with his own identification as he moves through cyberspace. We need to have that for, for safety, for safety. It'll always be, in their eyes, to put into your eyes for safety, for convenience, for, it'll always be that because it has to be to your benefit for you to swallow that hook, line, and sinker. And so we know these things. It's not like we're uh, unaware of them. It's, it's Bible prophecy, global control. It's an antichrist system and agenda. But as we move forward in what's happening around the world, as we move forward, what's happening here, We continue to pray. We stand in faith. We don't stand in fear. I'm not afraid. I am totally at peace. I trust God, but I'll tell you something. God has given me the mind of Christ. He's given me supernatural intelligence. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't have a a way to make those things happen. You know, and listen, the last thing I want to be because I can't stand it. These guys that all they do is get on Christian television to stir up fear. We, you need to buy a generator. You need to buy, we're, we're, for a seed of $1,000, we're going to send you a barrel of rice and beans. It's like, bro, just go to Costco and buy, you know how much rice and beans you can buy for $1,000? I'm never going to be that person. But what I'm doing for the Victory Tribe that I want you to see is that if your eyes were never open to this stuff before, I want to help you see it because you do need to be led by the Spirit. You do need to pray for our nation. Pray for those in leadership, pray for God's plan and his agenda to be revealed and take place in our nation, the nations of the world. You need to pray for revival. You need to pray that churches catch on fire again. You need to pray that Christians come back to their dedication to the Lord every uh, again, every day. You need to believe God that the best days are ahead, not behind. Now they are for the faithful people of God. You'll never serve God faithfully and walk in his way faithfully. And then, then God takes you into decrease or God leaves you hanging. He doesn't work like that. Will there be persecution? Absolutely. Is it happening right now? Absolutely. Jesus prophesied there would be persecution, but you know what else? The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord comes upon those people. God has a book of remembrance. He's writing down every righteous action you're taking and he will remember it and he will reward you for it. He rewards those that approach him by faith. This is not a broadcast to stir up fear in your heart. We don't have a spirit of fear. We've got power, love, a sound mind, peace. You should have perfect peace when you lay your head down on the pillow at night. Perfect peace, no fear. But what I'm telling you is it's not wrong to use wisdom. It's not wrong to use wisdom. It's not wrong, <laughs> the people I grew up with. It's not wrong to have a pantry. It's not wrong to have the things set aside. It's not wrong to have those things there. That, that's wisdom. You know, you start to ask yourself, you know, if they predicted the pandemic and that came to pass and they're predicting this because we know the nefarious design behind the control of the globalists, then what can you do? What can I do to be ready to go so that the spirit of antichrist won't affect me at all? 
You know, the Lord will lead you in that area. It led Brother Sham, uh, Brother Shambach, Brother uh, Hagen. I've dealt with that on the broadcast where he knew by the spirit that a recession was coming to the nation of America. And the Lord spoke to him and told him the steps to take. Well, if the Lord's guiding him, it doesn't mean he's got fear. It means he's using divine wisdom to prepare for what's coming. And what, what happened? He obeyed everything the Lord told him to do. Recession did come to America. He was not affected at all. And in that time, raised all the money to build the Rama campus cash. So let me just say something to you. If the Lord is on your side, who can be against you? Yes, that's true. But he's the one that speaks to you. He gives you divine wisdom. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing what Joseph did by the leading of the spirit and being prepared for the future. Knowing, doesn't matter. They won't phase me. They won't phase me. I don't even have time to show you this, but you know, it's like, if you've got the elites planning for it, I watched a video yesterday. Maybe I'll put this link too in the, in the description of the podcast and of the YouTube video. Uh, there's, there's a preparedness guy from Canada that I do follow. And, uh, he interviewed a man from the United States that owns one of the largest companies that makes, uh, emergency bunkers, like the underground bunkers. He fabricates them. And they showed vi- uh, pictures of them online. Beautiful. Like when you go into them, they look like a Holiday Inn Express. And, uh, you know, they, they're not cheap. $100,000, you know, or more to get a, a, a bunker like that made. But he was even reporting. And these guys aren't Christians. And he was even reporting. He said, how are these bunkers being... This, this video, by the way, was posted just like a, a week and a half ago. He said, are these bunkers doing well? He said, let me tell you, they are selling out, but it's among the elite. He said, because they're some of the only ones that can afford to pay for them. He said, Bill Gates has them. All these guys have them. It's like you start to ask yourself if all of these people are building these bunkers underground and preparing themselves, what do they know based on their plans that they're preparing for? And so we're not going to be taken out by the spirit of the world. We're not going to be taken out by the devil. We're not going to be taken out by the Antichrist agenda. But if there are plans in place, then it's all right to be led by the spirit. It's all right to use wisdom. And I'm praying today that God will not only watch over us as he is, we're going to experience wonders in these last two months of the year. And then 2022 divine possession is ours in Jesus name. It's ours in Jesus name. So I'm, I'm preaching faith into your heart. We don't have anything to be afraid of. We serve a God who is a provider. He's a protector. He's a deliverer. He's a healer. There's nothing that can stand against him. And if you're in covenant with him, it can't stand against you. But did you ever, before I pray, did you ever think about this? You don't have to wait till there's a crisis for God to provide for you. You know, we always think of that and say, well, even if these things do happen, you know, the Lord will be my provider. Yeah. But what if he, what if he could provide for you ahead of time? Like he did for Joseph. That's what he did for Joseph. He didn't wait until the seven years of famine began to provide for Joseph. He started providing seven years before the famine began. What if the Lord would provide for you right now? What if you could have everything you need right now? You see what I'm saying? And he can do that and he will do that. And I'm going to pray for those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening today. And I'm going to ask the Lord that as we see these wonders taking place, 
that God would perfectly guide us by his spirit, nothing would take us off guard, and that we'd be in perfect position to thrive in the middle of whatever the devil thinks he can plan for this world, it will never affect the faithful people of God the way it affects the rest of the world. We will thrive in the midst of the devil's mess. I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we are so thankful for the Holy Spirit. We are so thankful for the power of God available to our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we've got the mind of Christ. We thank you that we have the ability to be led by the Holy Ghost, that there is nothing that the devil can do to take us out. We're in covenant with you. And if God's for us, who can be against us? Now, I pray in Jesus' name for every faithful person watching this and listening on the podcast, that whatever the devil had planned to destroy their life, to destroy their family, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Lord, blow it from their house. Blow your breath from heaven and remove every wicked attack against their family. But now I'm praying, Lord, that you would speak to us and guide us. Every person, every life is different. Guide us each specifically. What would you have us to do? What is it that we can do by wisdom in the Holy Ghost to always be prepared for what the enemy may try? Guide us perfectly. We'll never be taken off guard or by surprise. We thank you, Lord, that you're already providing abundantly for every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you glory and we give you praise. Now, Lord, for those that wrote this morning that are battling in their bodies, they're battling in their, in their minds. I take authority over sickness and disease that's tried to come upon God's people and I rebuke it. I lose healing virtue to you right now. Be made whole in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you and we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Listen, before we move forward today, I want to encourage you to sow a seed. You say, well, I'm believing for wonders in my finances. It takes that kind of a seed to sow. Sow something that means something. You've got to take a step of faith that moves the hand of God. I try to teach people this because, you know, it blows my mind that every year God puts more seed in my hand than he did the previous year. That's because he gives seed to the sower. But we're not sowing small things. We've got to sow things that mean something to us that move the hand of God. And so I want to encourage you today, go to miracleword.com. You can use one of the digital platforms. You can use your credit or debit card. Do what the Lord is speaking to you to do and watch as he provides for your family. I want to encourage you that if you've not yet partnered with us, partner with us at a level that takes faith to partner, whether that's $100 a month, $250 a month, $500 a month. Do what the Lord is speaking to you to do and watch what takes place for your family. As Carol and I are doing everything possible to reach this generation with the power of Jesus Christ before it's too late. And it's going to be the greatest end of a year we've ever seen and the greatest upcoming year that we've ever seen. For those of you that are sowing this month of November into this ministry and partnering with us, my father's brand new book, The Camels Are Coming, uh, is my gift to you. And this is a powerful book on the gifts of the spirit. You don't want to miss out on this. And uh, you can get it by going to miracleword.com forward slash offer. Wow. You kneel with a testimony. Uh, woke up with an extra $2,000 in my account today. Wasn't expecting that 2000. Praise God. Now, let me tell you something about that. You kneel said this yesterday that the Lord's been dealing with her in her spirit to sow a thousand dollar seed before the year came to an end. Now that's been in her spirit, as she said, for months. 
And she's been declaring that. And she even said again yesterday by faith, I'm going to make that happen by faith before the year comes to an end. Well, look how God gives seed to the sower. She says, now today I woke up with an extra $2,000 in my account that I wasn't even expecting. Think about that. So she had it in her spirit to step out and sow that seed of faith and didn't know how, but then the Lord put seed into the hands of sowers. And just yesterday she said it, spoke it out today. It's available in her account because he gives seed to sow. So it's amazing what God will do when you will entrust him and say, you know, what, Lord, I'm going to do what you said, what you called me to do. And at a, at a level that moves your hand and my faith, give seed to the sower. And God does it. His word declares that he does it. Take a step of faith like you kneel, like others are doing and watch what God will do in your family and in your life and expect financial wonders at the end of this year, last two months. Again, don't forget, Carolyn's going to be back live with my mom today at two o'clock PM. You don't want to miss it. My mom and Carolyn, they're talking about different topics that have been submitted by you guys. And if you would like to submit topics that you'd like to talk about today, you can send a direct message to Carolyn's um, Instagram so that uh, we'll, they'll have that before the two o'clock hour. Big announcement also for our friends at Champion Christian Center. I wanted to say that today that the brand new single dropped to stream the song Greatest. It's called Greatest. Uh, when we were there for our revival, this song was literally night after night after night. We rocked this song. It's anointed. My friend uh, Dave Condon, Pastor Nathan Miller, others did a bunch of songwriting. They're releasing these one by one. But this song right here, it became the staple of our revival while we were there. I love this song. And today it just dropped. So you can check it on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Greatest Live from Champion Worship. Go check it out. It's powerful. I love the song. And they did a really great job, as they always do. So it's, uh, it's available starting today. I love you guys so much. Am I missing any announcements today, Tiff, that you can think of? Nope. Well, we'll be back live. 2 o'clock p.m., Carolyn Shuttlesworth and Bonnie Shuttlesworth live in the studio. It'll be a true broadcast. I love you. Have a powerful day. I'll talk to you later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.